And welcome to Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you here on this Wednesday evening. So glad you're with us. And I got so busy last week, I wanted to call him last week while he was in the Twin Cities. I thought, you know what, we'll try to recap it with him. West Fargo native. He is the uh, Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post. He was in Minneapolis all week long last week in Egan and, of course, at the game on Saturday, which, boy, boy that was a clunker, and that's Ryan O'Halloran. <laughs> Hello, Ryan. How are you doing? Good, good, Derek. Good joining again this summer. Man, that uh, – that had been an interesting week last week. It was hot, you know, in Minnesota, not known for being hot, but it does get ex- stupidly hot in in July sometimes, especially at training camp. Uh, it always seemed like Mankato was warmer, but just talk about what your week was like uh, covering the Broncos. And then, of course, you're with, you know, seeing a lot of the Vikings too. Yeah, uh, you know, practices were Wednesday and Thursday from 2 to 4. Can you have it at a worse time? Uh, oh. Uh, and you know, the mausoleum that is the Vikings practice facility, they got everything except for slivers of shade. Not, my, <laughs> not your problem, but, but what it, uh, I mean, the highlight of the week were ones versus ones on Wednesday and Thursday. I mean, on Saturday in the game, the, uh, the Broncos played some starters because they have a quarterback competition. So they did what they should done, should have done against the Vikings team playing their twos and threes. They whooped up on them. If you're a Viking fan, you got to be concerned with your depth. Uh, their quarterback play right now behind Kirk Cousins stinks. Mm-hmm. And and so uh and then probably at a couple other positions as well. So, you know, the takeaways were, you know, Mike Zimmer is being uh pretty conservative with his approach, whereas Vic Fangio needs to be a little bit more aggressive with his approach because he's trying to figure out his quarterback spot. Yeah, and that is I mean and you know, preseason games are preseason games, right? There's nothing guaranteed. I know a lot of people went down or kind of disappointed, but I mean, that's just what's going to happen here when you're talking about the first, even now with just three preseason games, it's going to be like that sometimes. Yeah, and his first year with the three preseason game is looks like some coaches are just not going to play their guys at all. I disagree with that strategy. You don't want the first time being tackled in week one or first time being hit in week one. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Vikings, sounds like they'll play some of their frontline guys uh, this week against Indianapolis, but yeah, when you uh, when you buy a ticket to a preseason game and make that investment, uh, you can't expect anything good. Yep. And uh, mostly, uh, the Vikings delivered for you on that last week. <laughs> That's for sure. Enjoy the getting back and being in the stadium again with people again is always fun. But uh, that you know, the one thing I would thought was really strange is so I'm obviously peering into Trey Lance a little bit, Ryan, and, and I wanted to catch that, so I DVR'd it. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes can play a series, but Kirk Cousins doesn't, that's a weird thing for me. I just, I guess everyone has their own way of going about it. But, you know, for a guy who missed some time here, you think you'd want to give him just at least a drive anyway. Yeah, and, and that's what you know, Vic Fangio, the Broncos coach, said after practice today is, hey, every team has their own philosophy. We can't tell them who to play. Mm-hmm. And, but he did point out Kansas City. He goes, Flip on the TV, they have to replay the game. There's Mahomes, there's Tyreek Hill, there's Frank Clark, there's Chris Jones. Some guys want to get out there and take it, take a spin. I think that's what the Broncos starters are going to do Saturday night in Seattle, uh, because you know the the main goal is to be firing on every cylinder in Week One. You know the Vikings specifically, they can't wait. They got enough problems, so. Interesting to see how Zimmer handles this next game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as far as obviously a lot of eyes looking at a guy who is very likable here, just the with the way the timing and the injury and the Kirk Cousins becoming available, not keeping Case Keenum is just a weird thing after the 17th season. But people really like Teddy Bridgewater here. What's the feel in Denver as far as his battle going on with Drew Locke right now? 
uh, two totally different quarterbacks, and it's going to it's going to fall down to what Big Fangio prefers. Does he want a game manager who may not make as many big plays, but probably won't hurt you? Well, then your choice is Teddy Bridgewater. If you want to go with the guy that can really utilize play action, stretch the field, make things happen. If, if protection breaks down, then you go Drew Locke. And Drew made a pretty good statement with his short stint of three drives in the Viking game. Now Teddy is first up Saturday in Seattle. I think you got to make a decision at that point two days after that, so next Monday. Because you got to get ready for the opener against the Giants. So, uh, I mean, Teddy has uh, you know, played well, but I think the bottom line for both these quarterbacks is you're seeing why every day. You're seeing why they're in a competition, and they're not somewhere where they're the no-doubt number one. Ryan O'Halloran with us, West Fargo native. He's the Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post. He was in the Twin Cities last week covering the Broncos-Vikings uh, scrimmage and, of course, at the game on Saturday. Uh, kind of talking, you mentioned the depth, uh, the lack of depth for the Minnesota Vikings, and Christian Derrissaw, you know, being the left tackle, not going to start the game. Rashad Hill probably will get most of the time with the way things are going. And, and like you said, we didn't really get to see as much of them I don't care if it's a Browning or whether or not it's Kellen Mund or whatever. My heavens, you need to get that front five, you know, kind of in sync a little bit, you would think. I mean, it's got to be like a well. To me, it's just like having a five-cylinder engine, right? And you need to have the cylinders all in kind of the same sync. And that's a, it's been the biggest concern for this program here for the last how many years? Yeah, I mean, the Derrissaw thing is a, is a big injury because you drafted him to play right away. Yeah. Well, now he's had, what? A second surgery for his first turn yet? Is Mike Zimmer barked after practice last Thursday? I thought they fixed that. <laughs> uh, well, not yet. But, uh, and then, then okay, now you get a little gun shy. That's probably why you play don't you don't play Rashad Hill because he's your last line of defense at, uh, at that tackle spot. So yeah, I think it'll change this week. But you know, with an offensive line, you want them in the game together with the crowd noise so they can make adjustments with their communication. Right. So they can go through some of the blocks that they do not want to go through in practice against their own teammates. So I'm all for playing guys 15, 20 snaps in a preseason game uh, for the reasons I said before. Is you don't want you don't want a guy's you know first real action to be when it counts. No, you're exactly right. It just, it just seemed well, and we saw that last year, and it kind of was a feast or famine thing, right? I mean, the Vikings were not ready to go week one. And the Packers drilled them, and it was kind of like that week one, right, where some teams adjusted to it better than other teams. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the teams with returning staffs, which meant returning schemes, had the advantage, but nobody in the league last year in week one or week two could tackle for anything. Yeah. Because, you know, there was no preseason game, so that's always a little sketchy to start the season, that and your conditioning. Yeah, that's true. You know, mentioning that today because there's a bit. You know, this is really off topic from what you were covering last week, but it brought to mind, you know, Brett Favre. He's working with some organization about not, you know, maybe playing tackle football until 14. And I disagree with him totally. I think he's a little bit disingenuous because he's, you know, he's obviously going to get paid from this outfit, right? The way it looks. I mean, and that's kind of you know Brett Favre selling copper gloves or whatever it might be. But I know from my experience. I think kids at the lowest level kind of learn from how to tackle right, keep your head up. That and then, you know, you start them in eighth or ninth grade, you're getting a little late to the party here. I'm get, I'm kind of curious how the NFL is going to react to this. Yeah, you know, Vic Fangio was asked about that today, and he 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 said, okay, it's 14. That's what ninth grade. Yeah, he said that's probably a year too late. He says, you know, if you if you get them playing uh, 
you know, contact football as an eighth grader around the age of 13, you know, with proper teaching. But, I mean, uh, let's be honest, Brett Favre would attach his name to anything. Right, exactly. If there was a check at the end of the string. Yeah, well, and that's just it, and that's the whole thing that bothers me about it. So it's not that he really believes in it. It's just that he's going to be the fa- uh, the spokesman for it, and we got to take that with a grain of salt. So it's my, my two cents on that <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, as far as you mentioned um, kind of seeing these teams and, and from what you're kind of scouting around, what's your take on this? I mean, obviously Green Bay is an interesting case. You're, you're covering a – a very interesting conference with Pat, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Raiders, and you know, trying to get better and all that. It's it, it's kind of seems like it's the same old, same old, right? You just don't know what you're going to get every year, but there's some interesting storylines. Yeah, I think the power in this league is in the AFC right now. Um, if you look at the NFC, the NFC East is, is you know chasing its tail like it's been doing since I covered the uh, Washington team back in 04 to 2011 or whatever. You know, Packers are the class of division. I think the NFC West is just going to beat the ever-living you-know-what out of each other. Yeah. Robin. Uh, you go to the AFC, um, I think Kansas City, I think Buffalo. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think the Chargers are going to come on because of Justin Herbert. You know, the the you know, Ravens, eh, not sure. Steelers, not sure. But I do think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a Bills-Chiefs AFC and a Packers NFC. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Well, you know, Rogers got Randall Cobb back, so he must be ready to go. <laughs> what an interesting well, time the there. Piece. <laughs> what a bizarre, I don't think I've talked to you since then. Uh, it, what a bizarre storyline, huh? Just the fact that he wants a couple of his buddies back. It sounds like they're trying to coax Clay Matthews Jr. and trying out, too. I mean, what the heck? Yeah, he's like, okay, we'll give you one guy. Asking me, Randall Cobb. You know, I'm sure there were some other assurances about how they're going to operate. I mean, on draft night, I would have put five bucks down saying Aaron Rodgers playing for the Broncos this year. Yeah. And it was that. It was that speculation was that hot and heavy. I do think there's a chance he'll play here next year, and how the quarterback play is for the Broncos this year. So, uh, you know, yeah, everybody was every like. Here's what kills me: is you got these national talking heads. Well, I'm not surprised Aaron Rodgers went back to Green Bay. Well, there's nothing wrong with being surprised. I mean, he was dug in, and so were the Packers. So they came to a resolution. There was no sign that a resolution was upcoming. He was going to either play for the Broncos, he was going to play for the Packers. He was not going to retire. Yeah, it was just, it certainly was a interesting soap opera, and here he is, and this might be the swan song up in Green Bay. My final thing for you, Ryan, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I've been a little bit confused in the – Earlier today, I was talking a little bit about all the protocols and vaccine mandates and all the Raiders are going to have one and all that. But have they talked about some different protocols? Because with this Delta variant, when they're talking about having spread go everywhere, it, with whether you're vaccinated or not, it's got to be an interesting thing if they'll change the protocols to that, right? Because, I mean, the biggest thing for vaccine mandates and, you know, testing more for unvaccinated and vaccinated is the fact that you don't want, you know, because you don't want the unvaccinated to spread it. But if everyone is spreading it, how do you address this? To me, it's like it's a little bit outdated. You understand what I'm getting at? Well, hopefully they don't change any protocols because we've settled into a routine in terms of how I'm able to do my job, which <laughs> is still not as good as it used to right. be. Right. But here's the thing: the union's going to have a, the, the players' union is going to have a tough go of it telling players, even though you got vaccinated, you still need to be tested every day. So that's the next mountain for them to climb if they feel it's an issue. Right. But but. But this is this is very much a reactionary league and a reactionary union. Something has to happen for them to revisit 
the, the rules they have put in place. You know, knock on wood, the team I cover every day has not had a person on the COVID list since the second day of camp. Well, you jinxed that now. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. So, but they've also been ahead of the curve on players vaccinated. So, um, you know, you, you, you know, it's not something that you're consumed with like you were last year. But uh, I, you know, they're obviously following, you know, the, the numbers around the country. Yeah, it's interesting how they're going to address this because at some point we have to have some type of end game. And I'm not just talking football, right? I mean, with everything, with the way this is going, and I addressed that a little bit earlier, hopefully, because I'd like to get to the point where we're not testing or talking about this anymore, right? And just if you don't feel well, stay home. I think that's what I want to get back to those days. I mean, you know, luckily for us, that has not been a major topic uh, during Broncos camp because it hasn't been an issue, but it's, I mean, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a, I get tested once every two weeks uh, by the Broncos to, to get in my tier of media. And so that's something you got to do. And, you know, obviously anybody who's in a press box or allowed at practice has already been vaccinated. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, all right. Well, thanks so much, Ryan. Do appreciate it. We'll talk to you again very soon and uh, we'll keep up to date on how the NFL season's going. All right, Derek. Thanks, man. You bet. Ryan O'Halloran again, a Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post. West Fargo native, always good to be with him and have him right here on Couch Potato Radio. On the mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO, Derek Hansen with you.